0: Okay, great. Dealer. Greetings. You can take your seat. Uh, we we just want to call up Walt and Ina. We're going to send our, our missionaries. I want you to guess where we are sending them to. It's a country that really needs Jesus. Any Any guess? China, no. America, we're sending them to America. Okay, so Walter, Ina, I don't know you. Yes! Christian There's some visitors here from other places. Okay, I don't know, if Walter, if you want to speak, Ina, you want to speak, which one? I'll say something
1: also say something. Hey, guys morning everyone thanks so much um you know, i think as we prepare to leave um just thinking of our journey here at shofar it's been amazing um you know you guys have got something special uh, your leaders where's luke he's but uh i think we were here we had been here for a month and almost gave me a key to the front door <laughs> be careful if he gives you a key to the front door <laughs> It's an open door. You know what they—they they brought the best out in me as a as a believer. They allowed me to follow Jesus. They allowed me to disciple people. They allowed me to build relationships with people. They allowed us to speak into people's lives. They allowed us to minister and do what the church does. And I just want to honour you for that. You know, we work with a lot of churches around the country and around the world, but this is something special. It's really special, and you know what, it just, we we came, when we moved to the garden route, we went to a couple of churches, and one night, and we we came to try a shofar, and I'll never forget, (laughs) typical in armor fashion, he was telling a story about the color, okay, of his child's nappy, and there was some poor person in the congregation whose shirt was that color, and he said, yeah, that color. (laughs) So, uh, but, you know, the, the thanks for, from my side, and I'll, I'll see if Ina wants to say anything, but just for the support for Work for a Living, literally gave us an open door. Um, but more importantly, you know, even this congregation and your support of Work for a Living, whether it be financially, prayerfully, but I just, you know, I don't think you people realize how much Mandisa has grown since you people just embraced her Yeah. You know, and it's been a joy for us to see how God's love in her life has matured her to the person that she is. She's a leader. And I I, I just want to honor you guys for for the way you've embraced her and supported her and supported Work for a Living. It's it's incredible. Words can't say enough. But you know what? We love you guys and it's it's we'll be back. It's, the, it's, it's um, adios, not goodbye. <laughs> right? You know? Sure.
0: Okay, so I just want to call up some of the leaders. Philip Moreno, maybe you can also come. Philip and Moreno, they actually, Philip's from, he's at the Fries, but he's from America. So we're going to send them to his home country. Um, just to maybe give you some detail on what they're doing. So they have run an organization called Work for Living basically using jobs entrepreneurship to disciple people so it's not only to get people working not only to get people into jobs but to actually disciple them so I just felt the first time I met them I was like wow this is gold we need to partner with them we need to join hands with them that's why hey Walter um, what can I give you front front door key okay great it's a great deal (laughs) that we get to share in what they're doing and in um just in in the world. So sixty nations or we you eighteen nations, how many nations? Eighteen nations already they're involved with. So they're going to America and the idea is to raise up young people in America, send them to to Africa, send them here to be trained up again and then send up into into Africa. So we just so love partnering with, with you. And they've also been friends, not only like like ministry partners. So Walter told me that I needed to buy a dog for my, my children and my wife to save my marriage. By the way, my wife really wanted a dog. I did buy a dog. So he told me which car to buy. So we're not more than, we're just more, we're more than friends. You know, we love you. We love your kids. Um, I know they're still looking for a place for the cats. Are they still looking? Have you found a place for the cats? Okay. So great. So let's extend our hands. And I'm just going to ask Luke to, to pray over them.
2: Now, Father, we just want to thank you for for the time that we've had with Walter and Ina, and we just thank you that that they've been a blessing to us, Father. That that they have come in, they've they've made us think about church outside of this building, Father, and they've really challenged our hearts, Father. and And thank you that um, that we can unequivocally say that we would not be where we are without them, Father. And father we just we bless them and we send them father and although we're sending them um they are always um this will always be their home they'll always have access here um the front door key we won't, we're not revoking the front door key um but father we just pray that wherever they go father that um they'll be a blessing to to who they are father and we just pray that that you'll open up doors for them wherever they go father um that they they are not they are not wanderers they're not gypsies father they are. They are uh, children in the home of God, Father, and we just thank you that, that as they standing now, you've already prepared the path ahead of them, and you and you are making it straight for them, as your Word says, Father. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, you <laughs> We love you guys. Awesome. Um. So just to, something that we felt as a as a leadership team, specific vision for what's happening with them is that they they're building a bridge over the Atlantic Ocean into America, not only for for us to go there, but also for people to come there. So or to come here, um, and then that God will start doing and developing ministries from South Africa that will be sent over the Atlantic, whether it's South America, North America. So. If you are just praying about something, if you are praying that God's wanting to use you, think of, hey what what does God want to send over the Atlantic Ocean? What does he want to use that you have that you have already developed um, in South America and North America? So even like the song that we just sang from James is "The Break the Bread." it's uh, their song with some other churches' worship leaders. It's an amazing song. Do you love that song? You're welcome here and uh so we, we really trust God's building bridges over over oceans um, to, to develop the kingdom all over the world not only here in George a lot of people just come here to George to have to be on holiday like a show for his london people St. fritz is ook after, so many stellemos mense hier so but God actually wants to send people from here awesome great can we can we just pray Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you didn't stay on the cross, but that you raised—you were raised again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great. So, um, so there is a Bible interpretation principle that uh, the theologians use, and it's called to be Christocentric. In other words, to see everything through Christ, to see everything, whether it's the Old Testament, whether it's Leviticus and all those laws, whether it's the prophets, the minor prophets, Psalms, to see everything through Christ, because in Christ, everything is kept together. So it's it's so important to understand that you cannot read the Old Testament separate from Christ. It's a really important principle. So, if you stick to the Old Testament, only read the Old Testament, but you don't have a relationship with the Christ, the anointed one, the one that died on the cross but that was also raised, you're going to struggle with the truth of the Bible. So, it's so important that we understand it's not only the cross, we don't interpret the Bible only through the cross. Jesus is not hanging on a cross anymore, it's an empty cross. Yes, when I went, people say, "Hey, uh, I put myself in front of the cross, cross the cross before me, and the world behind me." It's yes, it's a beautiful metaphor for us wanting to follow Jesus, but He is not hanging on a cross, and that's what today is all about. So it's Christ, the death, and the resurrection. But then there's there's even a a, a more powerful lens that we can put on than just the death and the resurrection, and that is the lens that we actually get to be partakers of, and that is the lens of the Holy Spirit that was with Jesus when He died on the cross, that was with Jesus, that's actually the Spirit that rose Him, raised Him from the dead. So what we want to do today is we want to read and we want to rediscover the resurrection, but understanding that the the one that actually makes the story possible, God, the Holy Spirit, is not somewhere there. He's not only there in the story, but He's actually here with us. And that's a privilege of reading the Bible, is that we are sitting with the author, and He's wanting to speak to us from the Word. It's not just a great message, not a great, only a great story. It's not only for, for great Easter Egg hunts. Apparently, there are no more Easter eggs in George. Don't know who of you bought all of them. But it's actually God with us, and He wants to instill in us the power of who He is. It's not only a story, it is history, yes. But it's not only a story, there's a power that we need to tap in. So let's let's look at this development. Let's look at what happened at the resurrection. So we're going to go from Matthew 28, 1 to 10, and also 16 and 17. So after the Sabbath, at the dawn on the first day of the week, so this is now the Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Great that there are women. The women, they understand, hey, we need to go and look. Maybe this Jesus, he's alive. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, And going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. So he was just chilling there on the stone. So hey, something happened. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And I love this. He is not here. Know that he he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And I love that the angel is almost in a sarcastic way. It's like, hey, why are you looking for Jesus? He is risen, just like he told you. If you read the scriptures, if you understood what he was saying, all the metaphors that he was using, the language, you'd understand, hey, he's not here anymore. And I think that's probably a word for, the, for Christians and for the, for the church also. He's not here anymore. He's not hanging on the cross. He's not dead anymore. He's alive. I love that song that we sang in the beginning. It's a happy day. Verse 8, so the woman hurried away from the tomb, ev- afraid yet filled with joy. And ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. And then he said, greetings. (laughs) He said, they came to him. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some still doubt it. So this moment that changed history, Jesus is now the resurrected king. He conquered death. People know oh, this guy was hanging on the cross. They could see the marks on his body. And some still doubt it. So it is possible to be a witness of what God's doing and still doubt. And we need to fight that doubt. I love that. On Good Friday, we read about the Roman soldier that after the earthquake, Jesus, not even raised from the dead, he exclaims, he makes this profound statement, he's a heathen. He just killed the king of the Jews, the king of the universe, and he says, surely this man is the son of God. He doesn't even need a resurrection. He doesn't even need a body physically there with him, speaking to him, saying, I am Jesus. He just needs faith. And he says, surely this is the son of, son of God. Because now we're going to fast forward a little, because we want to take on the lens of the Holy Spirit to understand the power of the cross and the resurrection. So now we're off to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a little bit of chaos. Some people think they're drunk. They're speaking in different languages. Um, it's not only the 120 anymore. It's all the people gathered in Jerusalem for Passover, understanding why well, that God is now glorified. And then suddenly, this man, 50 days before, he denied Jesus. Think of the worst thing that you can do. I don't know that man. I'm not with that man. His name is Peter. So 50 days before what's, what we're going to read now, Peter is still denying Jesus. Well, if you've ever, I, I was the other day I was thinking, I don't think I've ever denied Jesus. I think I'm better than Peter. Well, if you've physically said, I deny Jesus. I think most of us haven't done that. Not even atheists are as brave as to say, hey, I deny completely Jesus. They just call themselves agnostics. So now Peter standing up and he gives a sermon. Acts 2 verse 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross." Look at his boldness. He just he denied Jesus. When I was standing, up, this is only 50 days. What happened? But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was, his, was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. I love that. Impossible. It is impossible for death to keep hold of Jesus, and that Jesus is living in you. It's not a, only a story. So it's impossible for death to keep hold on you too. And then, it's almost as if Peter prepared the sermon. He was now studying the scriptures. Hey, I denied Jesus. I need to better make right. Somewhere down the line, I'm going to get an opportunity to preach the gospel. So he quotes David. He said, David said this about him. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of peace. You will fill me with joy in your presence. So just think of how good Peter knew the Old Testament. He's just quoting David. He's like, hey, I've been waiting for this. This is what's happening here. Then verse 29, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So it is a great story. But if if it only remains a story in a book that you keep next to your bed, or maybe a children's book, maybe that you read once in a while, or or maybe you do it every day. But if it just stays a story, you are missing the point of why the story actually happened. The story happened because there was sinners who couldn't do it by themselves. And those sinners are, it's us. And then Peter, so beautifully, probably just because he was bold and in a way almost arrogant in that, he said, hey, you guys, you crucified. You crucified Jesus. you the people who, who killed the king of the Jews and killed the king of the universe. But you know what? God raised him from the dead, and the person you killed is actually Lord. It's the Messiah that we've all been waiting for. And I think often we still, we're still waiting, we're waiting. In a way, it's really difficult for me to handle all these Good Friday messages because sometimes it feels like the church is just trapped between Friday and Sunday. We need to mourn the, mourn the death, mourn the death. And I, I, there's beauty in that because there's, there's a suffering that we need to go through in our sacrifice, our surrender. But then ultimately we need to understand that the cross is empty. He's not a... He's not a dead man anymore. And I know in this world, we will suffer. We see it every single day. We know people are suffering. We know that we are suffering. But the higher reality is that the cross is empty. And so is the tomb. And if God can do it to Peter, He can do it to you. It can make you stand up fifty days after your at the plank after you messed up all of heaven forever it will be known that you are the guy that denied Jesus. By the way, one of the reasons why the Bible is seen to be a authoritative and document and really factual is because of the writers making the disciples look so ridiculous so useless especially in the period of the crucifixion most of them didn't even pitch up at the crucifixion and they're now are supposed to be the heroes of our faith why because god is the god of the impossible he will turn around your story So I wrote down here, the cross and the resurrection are not only beautiful, dramatic moments of a cosmic narrative. It is true. It is factual. It is historically correct. The cross and the resurrection. But it doesn't stay only to be that. But it is a transforming power to be received. And for that, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we need, the, we need the lens of the Holy Spirit to understand what really happened there. Without the Holy Spirit, you're just going to be useless, Peter. One step forward, two steps backwards. Walk on water. Faith is failing. But then, when he receives the Holy Spirit... It gives this excellent sermon, quotes the Old Testament. That's beautiful. Exegesis, some of those passages by David. And then we see that 3,000 people get saved straight away. But you need the Holy Spirit. We're not mourning Jesus anymore. We're not, oh, I'm just going to suffer like Jesus suffered. So therefore, maybe, maybe I'll have a little joy once the angel picks my number and drags me into heaven. Then I'll be joyful. No. We can already step into that victory that Jesus has for us. Because Jesus came into us through the Holy Spirit. The fullness of His death. His death means that He died. He took something away. His resurrection means that He gave you something. God's always like that. He's like, hey, okay, but then I'm going to give you so much more. Do you trust me in the way Do you trust me in the taking away your sin, taking away your insecurities, taking away your ambition, your purpose, your life, taking it away? Do you trust me? And the moment you trust Him, then He says, okay, great, now I can give you more. I love that Luke, the writer of of Luke, he talks about David and he says, it's a man after God's own heart. And then he qualifies why David was a man after God's heart. Not because he didn't mess up, not because he didn't sin, but because he was willing to do everything that God commanded him. This is your willingness. If God says everything, do it. If God says get baptized, do it. If God says, hey, wake up in the morning, read your Bible, do it. If God says, stop your pornography, do it. If God says, hey, go to America, do it. If God says, hey, go to Australia, maybe just reconsider, no, I'm just joking, do it. If God says, hey, give up your talents, give up your purpose, give up your platform, give up whatever, do it. And then God will also, just like David, say, "Hey, he's a man after my heart." And you can only do that if you, if you understand that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I'm saying this, this is really something that changed my life. I grew up Reformed. My dad's a Doumeni, my grandfather's a Doumeni. I'm the seventh generation in ministry. All of them in a Dutch Reformed church. Before that, they they love. They love Easter. I love Easter. We loved Good Friday. We loved uh, Resurrection Sunday. We love the Word. We love all of that. But the thing that I received when somebody prayed for me in Shofar and Stalamos with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and suddenly all of that Good Friday, Resurrection stuff that I grew up with, that I loved, made sense. Because it was not only a story, but it became a reality in my life. I'm dead with Jesus, not only a king on a cross, and I'm raised with Jesus, not only Jesus out of the death. I, Alma Kennedy, is dead, but he's also raised, and therefore he has victory over the devil, over sins, shortcomings, whatever, and we need to see that through the Holy Spirit. So then, Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent. So how do you receive this? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So in other words, you need to repent. Repent is actually, it's the word metanoia, which means to change your mind. So just like a horse, you will pull the head of the horse towards in the direction where you need it to go. So God's like, hey, you need to pull your neck, pull your head, your mind towards me, towards what I want to do. So you're walking in this direction. You repent. And then you can receive the Holy Spirit. Then the cross and the empty tomb, it becomes who you are. It says the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, even the Americans, the Australians. For whom the Lord our God will call, with many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And can we agree to that? This is a corrupt generation. I love this world to bits. I love the people. But we are living in a corrupt generation. It's always been like that. It's not only now, it's suddenly because of social media that it's corrupt. No, it has been corrupt from Adam and Eve's sin. And it still is. And it says those who accepted his message. So there's an accepting process that needs to happen. Not only telling the story, praying about the story, but receiving the story. We're baptized and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. So the Spirit in you makes the cross and the resurrection of reality Romans 8:11 the spirit of god who raised jesus from the dead lives in you wow just let's let's hear that again the spirit of god who raised jesus from the dead lives in you this is so profound so uh, we were playing um, a bit of after rugby yesterday there in our, at our house. So we had friends over and we were playing rugby. So first was the, the men against the boys. The boys wanted to be so all of them under ten years old. It was it was so fun because I used to be the the small thin guy. I never did crash balls or any anything like that. Eh? So I always. I could be with, I was, I was fast and I was fit, so I was always at with the ball, but never really took the ball and run with the ball. So now we are passing one another, and I'm doing the crass balls, running over my boys, all of them. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Like the authority and the victory over, like, just all the trauma is just being healed. And then we gave it, and then we told the boys, like, okay, now you're going to play against the woman, the, the moms. So then the mom says, yes, let's go. and my wife gets so excited. She literally just runs all the, all, the, all the guys over, all the little boys. I mean, she didn't even have to do a chest and colby. She just ran over them. More like Dwayne from Merlin. And that revelation of understanding, we can just I can just run. I run over them. It's a revelation of this, of this scripture. is that the Holy Spirit is in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Like you can ask Luke, we have difficulty with people that are complaining about their life. Yes, we have empathy and we really want to help you and, and love you. But do you understand that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? The one that raised Jesus from the dead. He kicked the devil's butt. That spirit is in you. The devil is afraid of you. It's like the eyes of the boys when I come and I crash ball. The devil is afraid of you. And we just give too much credit to the devil. Too much credit to our circumstances. That ugly boss that every now and then swears at you. No. You have the spirit inside of you. the The victor. And I understand we're going through difficult time, but it's for a short period. If you compare your 80 or 120 years, if you're really healthy and you're eating your keto diet, then 120 years compared to eternity is nothing. The victory is here. And the way that we live this victory on this earth will ultimately determine how we will live life afterwards. And not only for yourself, but for other people. You know what the world is looking? They are looking for people. Hey, show me people that are look that are are living victoriously, that are living with joy. That's not only mourning the cross, mourning how difficult it is to be a Christian, but actually having resurrection life. So I want us to stand in the band you can come up. So I want you and I want to encourage you, I want to urge you, I want to charge you, whatever English word that is, that is to, for you to be encouraged, to be compelled, to go and make and do serious business with the Holy Spirit. And say, so Spirit of God, because we're living in the dispensation of the Spirit. Jesus said, it's better for me to leave. I need to. I need to go away cuz else you won't have the Holy Spirit. You won't be able to take those crash balls over the little demons that are trying to hurt and destroy you. I need I need to leave cuz I'm going to pour out my spirit into you. Cuz it doesn't stop with the cross. It doesn't even stop with the resurrection. Those are the Pivotal points that changes and transitions us into life with God. But then it also opens up us to our victory. So I want you just to stand like this. And I want you to do business with the Lord. So Peter, it's simple. Peter said, hey, repent. Be baptized. Maybe even if you're not baptized, Say, hey, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to study, and I'm going to find out if I need to get baptized, when I need to get baptized. Just do business with the Lord. Say, Lord. And repentance also means that you, you repent of those thoughts that tell you that you're a victim of your circumstances. You're a victim of your marriage. You're a victim of your past. You're a victim of your bank balance. Just Say, Lord, I, I repent. I give it away. And then you thank Him for the cross. You thank Him that He took everything away. But then you also say to Him, Hey, God, I give you everything. It's a great deal. Us mere human beings say, Hey, we give you everything. God of the universe that owns cattle in a thousand hills. And then the Lord says, Hey, now just receive what I give you. Everything. Victory, my son, the Spirit. And and while we're standing, I'm just gonna ask the the ushers to to hand out communion. And then I want you to get together in groups just while while you're standing and just take communion together. So we thank you, Jesus, for the cross that opened the door to have relationship with God. We thank you for the resurrection that gave us victory over sin and darkness, devil, demons. And we thank you for the Spirit's power that's dwelling in us. Before you just pray with the people next to you, a very specific thing dropped into my spirit while we were doing intercession, and, and I felt God said this. And I know there's some of you that's, that's, that's struggling with this or have friends that are struggling with this, but that God wants to kill cancer. He wants to destroy cancer. Just very specific. God just said, hey, there's a lot of other things that he could have said, but he said th- this. He wants to destroy cancer. And it's so precious to me that we can now take of the body that was broken, also for our healing, our physical healing. Just the sin came into the world through eating, Eve eating. So healing comes into your body also through eating the bread, the wine. So turn to the person next to you. you. Let's do it together. You just pray over it. Say, Lord, bless the body. Bless the blood. If you're finished, you you can just stand. Because now we're just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to to fill us. It makes Jesus' death, but also His resurrection a reality in our lives. Without that... We just Christians that acknowledge there was a great man who lived, who died, and erased again. But with the Holy Spirit, we become Jesus. We become his death. We become his resurrection. So if you can just stand with me and just open your arms and just pray this prayer after me. Thank you, Jesus. That today I can repent of my sins, my shortcomings, my thought life, everything that's not aligned with you. Thank you, Jesus, that I receive the message of the cross as truth. Thank you Jesus that I receive the message of the resurrection as truth and I ask now that you baptize me that you fill me with your holy spirit the spirit that raised you from the dead thank you Jesus We're going to f- finish now with just one worship song. You're welcome, little fella. <laughs> We're going to finish with one worship song. If you don't know Jesus, if you want to come back to Jesus, if you want to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, if you want people just to lay hands on you because you're struggling with cancer, or you need healing in your body, come forward. And just say, hey, Lord, I'm willing to lay down my pride. I'm willing to lay down everything, and I'm willing to receive from you because you're a good God. You're a good God. So while we worship, just come forward and say, hey, I want to respond. I want to respond to who Jesus is because he's alive. Amen. So let's, let's worship Jesus. And facilitators, if you can also just come forward, it'd be great.